this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows every week on Thursdays, we drop an extra episode for members only. So if you want to become a member and get access to extra episodes and extra episodes that are on an app for members, just go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, sign up to become a member, and you'll get immediate access to all the extra content on the website. And also, if you want to listen to all that stuff through an app, it's available for you immediately. Now I've been talking about the YouTube channel. Please go to the YouTube channel, The Confessionals, look it up on YouTube, The Confessionals and hit subscribe. And just to let you guys know, I just put up a video last night. It's about 18 minutes long and it talks about some weird things happening around me and my house. You might hear about it on some coming episodes down the road, but if you want to see what's been going on at my house, go to The Confessionals on YouTube, hit subscribe, please, and watch the video, the latest video that I put up, which is called Something's Happening in My House. So go ahead and check that out. And you'll also see when you do that, some of the equipment that I'll be using to film Legion of Legends, which will also be released on the Confessionals YouTube channel. That's a separate show that I'm starting on the Confessionals YouTube channel where I go out searching for the legends we've heard about on this show for years. I'm going to go find them on Legion of Legends and you'll be able to see some of the equipment that I'll be using in this video I'm talking about because I actually used it on my own freaking house. Okay, so just to let you guys know, we do have the prepare site still. Go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com if you want to be prepared for emergencies in your life. Emergency food and survival gear is all offered on that website, preparewiththeconfessionals.com. 
And last but not least, friends, I am going to be a guest on Spaced Out Radio tonight. That's August 3rd. Going into August 4th at midnight my time, we go live on Spaced Out Radio and we'll be going until 2.30 in the morning Eastern time. So that's midnight to 2.30 in the morning Eastern time. Figure it out from there. If you're on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. If you're on the West Coast, you're three hours behind me, which means it starts at nine o'clock your time. And if you're on Central Time, you're an hour behind me, which means it starts at 11 o'clock your time. But tonight, Tuesday, going into Wednesday, we're going to be live on Spaced Out Radio. And you can find them on their website, spacedoutradio.com. And I believe we're going to be live on YouTube. So you can go ahead and check them out on YouTube, Spaced Out Radio on YouTube. It looks like we'll be going live on YouTube. But this is an FM radio station in Canada that's being broadcast all over the place. So if you guys want to check out what we're going to be talking about and hang out with us in the live chat section on YouTube, go ahead and do that because we're going to be there for two and a half hours and I'm looking forward to it. So go ahead and check it out. Spaced Out Radio. Give them a subscribe on YouTube and give it a listen tonight when I'm on with them for two and a half hours. Okay, so we got Daniel coming on the show today and he has many, many different experiences. We are going to be doing an overtime with Daniel today because we recorded the initial interview with Daniel where we talk about paranormal stuff, doppelgangers, UFOs. And then after we got done doing the recording, Daniel contacted me later and said that since we talked, things have been kicking up in his life and he had a lot more things to share. And he also talked about this thing that he saw as a kid growing up that he didn't share on this episode where he and his friends saw like a rake alien looking type creature in this house in the middle of the woods and it followed them home. And you're going to hear all that stuff today if you're a member because members will get access to the overtime episode starting right now. If you look in your Castos members app, you'll see that there's an overtime episode as you listen to this right now, waiting for your listening pleasure. So once you're done with this, just hit play on the overtime show and you'll be able to listen to the whole other conversation we had after we initially recorded this interview and all the things have been happening since this interview you're about to hear. So let's get to Daniel right after the trailer for this overtime episode. Let's go. I was hanging out at a buddy's house and he had a huge, huge acreage. He had just tons of land and on his land, he had um, uh, an old house that was built in the woods. And this was a big house that, I mean, we used to go in there and hang out and, and, and just explore. And then one day we were going out and uh, we were out riding on uh, mini bikes and we started going up to the house. Out of the corner of my eye, I see something or someone uh, looking out one of the one of the windows. And I'm like, well, what, what the, you know, what the heck is that? So I zip up to him real quick. I'm like, hey, you got someone in that house. And he's like, ah, oh, there's no one in that house. So we started, we started uh, going back there, and we both just got this really weird feeling, like, you know, let's let's just go back to the house. So we go back to the house, and his mom and dad were planning on going somewhere for the night. So it was just him and I. Now we're both 16, 17 years old, and. 
he goes, hey, I'm going to go out and get something to eat or drink. Do you want something? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I was like in the family room. Uh, we were watching uh, something on TV. And I hear this like scratch or something at the window. And I look over and I see like this white face. And it wasn't like it was pressed right up into the to the to the uh, window. It was kind of back a little bit, but it was enough for me to see that it was a, like a white face. So there is no doubt in my mind that it followed us. All right, today we got Daniel on the show. Daniel, how you doing, man? You good, Tony. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. So, Daniel, you have a lot of experiences in life, man. Bigfoot, ghosts, orbs. Uh, we could touch on so many different things. So, uh, I know you want to start off when you're a kid, though. So, just take me into your childhood, your experiences and stuff, and kind of lay some stuff out for us, because uh, I know you could go on for days with your experiences. There's lots of them. Yeah, you know, and you know, I won't, I won't make them long stories. You know, I'll make them as you know brief and to the point as possible. But, um, you know, I'll start when I was younger. Uh, I lived in West Virginia with my mom and my aunt and uncle, five cousins, and uh, my little brother, my great-grandmother in a house. And in our house, we had a oh, pretty big backyard, and it was surrounded by woods. And it's an old country road in West Virginia, you know, so your neighbors are pretty much spread out. They're not right on top of each other. And, um, you know, I'd always look out the window sometimes, and, and sometimes I'd see, like, lights out in the woods and I always thought it was like my cousins my older cousins you know I had three cousins that were in high school so I thought they were always messing around in the woods and I always asked hey can I go out and hang out with you guys in the woods and play and they're like nah 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 you won't you know you're not hanging out with us and what do you mean in the woods you know we're not we're not doing anything in the woods but I remember one night you know our bedroom was at the top of the stairs and the top of the stairs went all the way up and then our, our my bedroom was like right to the right hand side the first door on the right, and then there's like two banisters. And if you turn to the left, there was my other cousin's room, and then further down was another cousin's room, and then my aunt and uncle's room, and then my mom's room was right down from my room. And I shared the room with my little brother and my two youngest cousins. Well, I went out and laying in bed, and I see like this light, like underneath the underneath the door. And I'm thinking it's one of my cousins with a flashlight because they're sneaking out, you know. And uh, so I just kind of closed my eyes and rolled over. Well, it got real bright in my room. And I rolled over and I see this basketball-sized, like, orb, this ball of light. And it wasn't, like, coming towards me. It was just right inside my door my, in my room. No one else woke up in the room. And it was, like, right by the window. And this window overlooked the woods. And I sat there and watched it for probably... I don't know, seemed like maybe five minutes. And then it just faded out. Like it had a dimmer switch on it. And it just disappeared. And I and I was kind of scared, but I wasn't scared. I was more like, what, you know, what, what is that? You know, I didn't feel any terror or anything like that. So I went and I told my grandma, my great grandma about it. And, you know, she just, you know, oh, you know, you're seeing things, you know, whatever. And really nothing. And then one day, you know, my cousins, he goes, hey, you know, hey, you want to, you know, want to come up and hang out in the woods with us? I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, um, this is awesome. So we go putzing around the woods, and we're probably, I don't know, out there hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours. 
and we come across and we find like this old abandoned building, you know? And I'm like, you know, we're like, what is this? You know, and uh think it might be an old church or an old farmhouse or something. Well, we found like an old cemetery. And there's maybe a dozen, two dozen graves. And they were so overgrown and you know, you couldn't really make out names or dates. But my cousin's like, you know what, let's clean this up. You know, I mean this is you know, just show them some respect. So we cleaned up, you know, we pulled weeds and we took a weed whacker and we trimmed around the graves and stuff. And then one of my cousins, after we were done, we said, a, you know, we said a uh, prayer and, you know, say, if we miss somebody, we're sorry. And, you know, we went back, back to the house and, and uh, I went and told my grand, my great grandma, I was like, Hey, you know, we found a, an old cemetery up way up there in the woods and we cleaned it all up. And my grandma goes, Oh, that's nice. They're going to like that. And then that night, or no, the night, the next night is when I looked out the window again and I saw some orbs out in the, in the, um, in the woods and they weren't moving around like I'd seen them before, but they were like kind of stopped like where I could see them and they just moved on and, and I never saw them again. Never saw the orbs again. Do you think that the orbs were, uh, what your grandmother was referencing? Spirits? Yeah, I, I think they were. I think I think they were, honestly. And, you know, again, I never felt any malice or anything from them. It was just, you know, I think it was their way of saying thank you. And, um, you know, that was that. It's interesting that your grandmother said that. And, you know, if you think that she knew about the spirits and you seeing the orbs, you know, a lot of people think orbs are spirits. Uh, it makes you wonder what your grandmother knew. I think my grandmother knew a lot. She was, she was a quite an extraordinary lady. You know, uh, my great grandma, she was, she was one of my favorite people, you know, when I was growing up. And, uh, I remember, um, a few times now, this wasn't the only house that we lived all together. There was another house in, in West Virginia that we lived maybe a few, maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 miles away. Again, we lived all in this house and again, surrounded by woods and stuff. And we used to go up, kick up in the woods and, you know, hunt squirrel and rabbit and raccoon and, you know, whatever. We, you know, we go out and get snapping turtles and stuff and uh, make turtle soup out of them. And um, when uh, we'd be out and about, especially when I was like with me and my younger cousins, um, we'd always hear like this whoop, you know, or this whoop, you know, and at first, we're like, you know what, what's going on? So, you know, we were running, home, running back to the house. And we told my, my great-grandma, like, hey, you know, we heard this noise up in the woods. You know, we heard a couple of whoops up in the, oh, don't worry about that. It's just them there hillbilly. That's what she called them. But, you know, now, you know, as I got older and then I listened to a, a lot of stuff on YouTube and stuff and seeing Finding Bigfoot and all that type of stuff, what I heard very well could have been a Bigfoot making a, you know, a whoop, you know, but then you're living in West Virginia. So very well could have been some hillbillies up there. Hooting <laughs> and saying, hey, we got some kids, <laughs> you know, we got some kids messing around up here. So let's try to scare them off. So you never know. But, but, um, you know, from there, you know, that was some ex the experiences that I had when I was living in West Virginia. Uh, and then when I was in second grade, I moved to Florida with my mom and we lived, she was a, she was a, a truck driver. Her and my stepdad were both long haulers, and they work for uh, they grow refrigeration trucks, um, sides of meat, produce, stuff like that. 
and they were based out of Colorado. Well, the owners of that company wanted to open up a satellite office in Lakeland, Florida. So we moved out to Florida and just so happens the house that we moved to um, was right next to an orchard, uh, oranges and grapefruits. And I, I remember, you know, we've probably been there maybe, I don't know, maybe two or three months. And I really started getting adventurous and wandering around this big property that we had. And I found a pond. I was like, well, this is cool, you know. So I'd go out there every once in a while and see if I can catch frogs or whatever and try to fish and never caught anything. One day I went out and uh, I was going to try to fish and I saw this little girl by the side of the pond. And she started laughing. And I go, I go, hey, hey, how's it going? And growing up, my, my middle name's Anthony. So growing up, I was called Tony. And I go, hi, hi, my name's Tony. You know, we just moved over here. What's your name? And she, she started laughing, giggling. And she took off running. And she ran off into the orchard. And I'm like, whoa, well, that was kind of kind of mean. So I go back and tell my mom. I say, yeah, I saw this little girl down by the pond. And, you know, I said hi. And she kind of giggled. And she ran off into the orchard. And she's like, oh, she's probably, you know, you know, probably belongs to the people own that orchard or whatever, you know. And, and uh, it's okay if she plays at the pond or whatever. I'm like, okay, not a problem. So uh, a few days later, this guy in this truck pulls up. And he is the owner of this orchard. And he's like, hey, you don't want to welcome me guys to the area? You know, I've driven by a few times and saw you guys moving in. And, you know, I just want to say, hey, you know, welcome. And if there's anything you need, let me know. And, and by the way, if you want to, go ahead and feel free to, you know, pick some oranges and some grapefruits. You know, no problem. And I go, well, can your, can your daughter come and play? Come over and play. And he kind of looked at me. And I go, yeah, I saw her. She was playing over by the pond. And I said, hi, my name's Tony. And she ran off into the orchard. And he goes, okay, if she comes over and plays, or I, if I can come over and play with her. And uh, he's like, uh, I don't think that's going to be possible. I go, oh, okay. you don't have to think nothing of it, you know. Well, my mom got curious and asked, and come to find out, his granddaughter had drowned in that pond. And I saw his granddaughter standing by the pond. Wow. Yeah. So when when yeah. you said that to him and he he obviously connected dots. Uh yeah. Did he look surprised, uh confused because I mean I don't know. I mean maybe it was something that's happened before. Well, from what I can remember, it's just his face kind of went blank, but then he kind of carried the conversation on to something else. You know, kind of changed the subject you. real quick and and I remember listening to one of your episodes. I think it was just the recent, most recent one you posted that you're scared of snakes, right? Terrified. Okay. Well, let me tell you about this. Now, this is, is a true, this isn't anything spiritual or like this. Now, living in Florida, uh, I started second grade. I asked my stepdad, where do I catch the bus? And he's like, oh, we've got this, this little gate shack down there. You go around in there, and, and that's where the bus picks you up. I'm like, okay. So one day I go running down there, and I run into like a, a spider web that's like strung out of fishing string, fishing line, right? And I look up, and here's this spider. Tony, I kid you not. This spider was probably the size of a tennis ball, and it was eating a gardener snake. Yeah. The spider was the size of a tennis ball, and it was eating a gardener snake. Some kind of snake, easily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. had all of its web, and it was just sitting on there, and the snake was just 
Uh, I mean, I hate spiders too. I don't know what's more. I I don't know, man. That that would be uh, pretty freaky to watch for sure. Have you ever seen the one where the um, praying menace eats, kills, and eats the lizard? I've seen that one, and I've seen him eat the murder hornet, the Asian wasp. Yeah, yeah I've seen that one. That's pretty awesome, dude. It's amazing. Nature's cool. Oh, yeah, nature's cool, but terrifying. Oh yeah, and what? And, and what's in nature, all the energies in nature, it, it's even more stuff that we can't see. So, so that was like second grade, you know. Uh, I moved back to live with my dad in Washington State, in Tacoma, Washington. And I was living with my other mom's mom. Oh, no, we were living across the street from her, I'm sorry. And I would always go over in the morning. And so on the weekend, it's probably, I don't know, maybe 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd go over there and I'd eat breakfast with them and... I'm sitting at the dining room table and I'm looking out this big bay window they have and I'm looking across the street and there's this lady's house. Her name was, let's say, Marcy. And Marcy's mom used to live with her. Her mom had passed away. And, you know, it was a sad time. You know, it was probably about two or three months after her mom had passed away. So I'm sitting there eating my cereal and I kind of look up and I look back down. But as I'm looking down, I see like movement in her mom's window. And I'm like, well, that's weird because she's not home. You know, she, you know, she lives someplace else. You know, after her mom passed away, and I'm thinking, you know, who's in the house? And so I look back up, and I see her mom looking at me from her window, and she waves to me and closes the window, the curtains again. And all I could do was <laughs> stand up, take my bowl of cereal, not finish it, set it in the sink. And go out the back door. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, that was one of one of not, that one kind of spooked me out more more than any of them. You know that I had. Yeah, at that moment you knew it was time to leave. Yep, it was time to go. And then um, uh, my uncle Walt had this this chair that he always sat in. No one sat in the chair. I mean, you could, but it was just you know it's his chair. He didn't sit in it. And we had a dog, a little dachshund named Britt, and he had passed away. He had jumped up on that chair and went to sleep and never woke up. So, you know, it, was, you know, it just kind of hit everybody kind of hard. You know, he's like 17 years old and old guy. And and one day I go uh, come in from the back door, go down the hallway, and I come in and sit on the couch in the living room, and I'm kind of put through the TV my aunt's downstairs doing laundry and out of the corner of my eye, the chair starts rocking. And I'm like, what is going on? And it it started rocking. It looked like someone, someone or something had jumped up on it. So like Fritz jumped up on it and started rocking it back and forth when he jumped up on it. So that was, you know, another unexplained thing in that house. And then speaking about a ghost dog, I want to go back to Florida. I lived in Newport Ritchie with my mom and I lived across the street from my mom's parents and my great grandma. And it was right before school started, uh, started for third grade and their house caught in fire. Smoke just bailing out of me. My great grandmother and my grandmother, they come out of the front door and we're like, where, you know, I called my grandfather, you know, daddy Bob. I'm like, we know where's daddy Bob at? You know, I'm, 
running, losing my mind. I'm trying to figure out where he's at. And he comes walking out of the screen porch and the fire department show up and they put the fire out and stuff. And, and, uh, they're like, um, you know, where's your dog at? And my, my grandfather's like, what do you mean? We don't have a dog. He's like, sir, you have a dog and you probably, you know, you're nervous, you're upset or whatever. He's like, no, I don't have a dog. He goes, can you come and explain this to us, please? So it was me, my mom, my grandfather, and the two firefighters. We walk into the house. We go into my grandparents' bedroom. And on the bed is a perfect silhouette of my grandfather where he had been taking a nap. Okay. And right next to him was a perfect silhouette of a German shepherd. Like sitting or like laying right next to my grandfather. Wow. Where the, like, yeah, it, it, that, that was, that was crazy. That was really crazy. So, I mean, um, is there any kind of explanation that could have been natural for that? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, cause what you're saying is the outline is like outline, like a burned outline. Yeah. It was like all the soot, whatever had, had settled down on, on the sheets. And it was an outline of a German shepherd. And my, my grandfather had a German, had, had German shepherds his whole life. Um, um, I remember again, this German shepherd's name was Fritz and he loved that dog to death. That dog just was so loyal to my grandfather. It wasn't even funny when, when he passed away of old age, um, my father, um, Fritz is buried in the woods somewhere on, on Fort Lewis in Washington state in Tacoma. He's buried up in those woods somewhere. I, I couldn't tell you where he's at, but they were staying with us at the time when he passed away. And, my dad, my grandfather went up in the woods and, and, and buried him in the woods. So I guess my grandfather had the ghost of his dog with him. So. Wow. That's cool. That, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Um, let's see. What's what are some other ones I had? Um, now on, on episode 484 on West the show, um, you want me to go over that encounter with Bigfoot or? Uh, no, if you said it on Wes's show, you, okay. we don't need to put it on this one. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. So let's see. Uh, that's, I'm trying to go chronological as best I can. Uh, that was in Washington state. Um, well, and when I lived in Tennessee, again, I lived moved back and with my mom. There was this, um, I just got my, I just got my first car and, uh, I was gone all the time. My little brother, um, you know, uh, my absolute best friend in the world, he, he passed away a couple of years ago. And, um, so we do everything together. And in Tennessee, where I lived, I lived in Shelby County. There's, um, like a fourth called Shelby Forest. And it butts up right against the Mississippi River. And it's a pretty big forest. And, you know, we'd gone down there. My little brother, by all means, physically was not little. He was every inch of six two, six three, about three hundred pounds. Was just a big, big country corn fed boy, and not afraid of anything. And we decided we're going to go out in the woods. We're going to go on like a day hike. You know, we did bring a tent stuff in case it got late. We wanted to camp out, so we we had you know, a little bit of provisions with us. And so we go out and we start walking out and we're going to go to the, to the rivers, maybe do some fishing. And, uh, all of a sudden he just stops and he's like, 
man, I'm not feeling too good. I'm like, you're not feeling good. He's like, no. He goes, I don't, I don't feel right. I go, okay, let's go back to the car. We're pretty deep in the woods. We're probably about a good hour, hour and a half into the woods. We're about away from our car, you know? And, uh, so we start walking back and I stop to go to the bathroom. And as I'm going to the bathroom, I catch movement out of the, out of the side of my, and out of my peripheral vision off to my, off to my right. And my brother comes walking up to me and he's like, dude, we're not alone. And I'm, yeah, I just saw something moving over to the right. He's like, yeah, there's something moving over to the left too. I'm like, okay. So we kind of pick up our, our, our step. You know, we start moving a little faster, moving a little faster. And we stop and we hear like shuffling of footprints, foots, you know, someone stepping, coming up behind us or alongside us because the leaves are falling and we can hear them. And he's like, dude, we need to go. So we almost start running. We're, we're, we're moving pretty quick. And I can see the road ahead of us. And uh, the whole time we hear them still, whatever they were, moving on the left and the right hand side of us. So once we get to the road, it's probably 250 yards to where we have our car parked. And we both went at a dead sprint. And the whole time we, we, we heard something coming through the woods behind us and then paralleling us on, on either side of the, of, the, of the road. And we run and we jump in our car, in my car, and we take off and we haul it. But completely out of there and I had never been back to Shelby Four since either my little brother now I'm not telling you you know oh you know do you, do you think it's someone out there messing with you no because we're the only person in the parking lot when we, when we pulled up um being you know living in West Virginia and, and Washington State and, you know doing hunting and stuff like that you can tell when the deer's walking through you can tell when the squirrel's messing around in the leaves you can tell these were bipedal these were some something was walking uh as we were walking and what i caught was what i didn't get a a good glimpse of it but it was definitely big it was definitely it was dark and there's no telling what would happen if if something like that got our hands on us well we'd probably probably kill us because, you know, down south, you know, you call them boogers, or Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever. And down south, they have a, uh, they're a little more ill-tempered than uh, the ones in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so, so you, yeah, they, you said it was white? No, it was, it was wide. Oh, wide. And it, was, and, it, and it was dark. It was black. It was, it was big. It was big. Gotcha. And then, you know, I never, you know, me and my brother, we never said anything about this. You know, we never told anybody. And then I went and uh, talked to a buddy of mine probably about six or seven months ago. He's out hunting all the time out in Tennessee. And I'm like, man, you ever see anything weird in the woods? He's like, no. I said, man, you ever hear anything weird about going on in Shelby Forest? He's like, yeah, someone said they heard, heard and saw Bigfoot up there. I'm like, shut up, for real? He's like, yeah. I go, yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, you can look it up. There's uh, in Shelby Forest in, in Shelby, Tennessee, Shelby County, Tennessee. They believe there's sightings there, so, so oh, it doesn't, is, is that what it was? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I, I, I mean, that area is notorious for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, you know, and it's funny thing is, you know, I lived there my freshman year of high school. Um, 
you know, this this was my senior high school. Now, if I go back to my junior year, I lived in a place called Lacey, Washington, which is um, south of Tacoma, down by Tumwater and Olympia, Washington, right? And I lived on this this lake uh, called Long Lake. I think every state has a Long Lake, but this one is called Long Lake. And we lived in some really nice townhomes down on the lake, and we had a boat dock. It was like, like one or two in the morning. And uh, I was down there with a, a girlfriend of mine at the time. And we were just hanging out with the boat back and, you know, doing what boyfriends, girlfriends do, talking. That's what we were doing. We were talking. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, like, I heard that in, in it, this was October time frame. So it was cold. So it was like sh- uh, sweatshirt weather, jeans, you know, type of stuff. And, uh, you know, we took a blanket down there, just kind of lay on the deck, on the dock, and just kind of hang out. And I, for some reason, I just, I felt and heard like this humming noise. And I'm like, what is that noise? And she's like, I, you know, I don't, I don't hear nothing. I go, I hear something. And I go, it's coming from over here. It's coming like from behind us and to the left. And I look and I see like a searchlight, you know, um, like looking like a helicopter searchlight, you know, but you didn't hear any engine noise like that, you know, from the helicopter. You didn't hear the, the, the blades hit that, you know, you didn't hear, it wasn't a helicopter. So we grabbed the blanket and we took off running and we ran into, and ran into the back door or back sliding glass door of, my, of our town home, shut it, locked it, ran through, ran up into my bedroom. I lived where I, where I, my bedroom was, it was a loft. And so you could look out over the dining room and the kitchen, I mean, the, the living room, but it also had some windows that were almost eye level that you could look right out into, right out onto the lake, right out onto the, the dock. And when we got up to my room and locked my door and I looked out my window through these other windows, I could see like the searchlight going back and forth. And it kind of like hovered over right around where we were at. And then the light went off and it was like gone. Now I didn't see see what it was. Be a prior military, I can think back. It was not a fixed wing aircraft. It was not a jet in a jet of any kind. It was not a helicopter of any kind. And it's before drones. So what was it? Don't know. But you know, I'm telling you, it's just, it, with the searchlight, I mean it was lighting everything up. So you probably I mean, it's UFO, unidentified flying object, right? But I mean, do you think that this could have been just advanced technology that we have, or do you th- did you get any kind of you know gut feeling of you know, uh, there's something creepy about this? Oh, th- that's why we got up and took off running. Like something's not right. Okay. I, I heard like a humming noise, and you felt it. It's kind of like like electromagnetic field. You know, like your hair starts standing up. That's what I started feeling, and then I heard I heard this humming noise. So. That's you know I I don't know what that is. We need to get to the house, so we took our run to the house. Yeah, I mean I would too. Uh, it's the idea of the unknown that's the scariest part about that stuff. I mean, it, you have no idea. Like I, I honestly think I'd probably feel more comfortable if it was just you know military exercises with a new craft that they're working on, and you know, one hundred percent feel safer than the other alternative of an interdimensional entity or uh, you know extra whatever you know yeah so uh that experience was that your was that like the first time that you know 
being outside up close to something like that? Nope. It was. Um, no, no, no. Or something like that. Yeah, that's the only time I've, I've ever had like a UFO encounter. But being up close to something that you can't explain. Yeah, I've had a few of those. Um, what do you know about doppelgangers? I mean, I know what they are. I don't. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I. Uh, I know as much as the normal person would, I guess. Yeah. Do you, do you have you ever seen one? No, no, I haven't. Oh, I have. I have. Of you? Uh, oh yeah. No, not of me. Of my roommate. Okay. As long as you didn't say uh, me. No, no. Uh, I was stationed in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, at the Warner Air Force Base, um, and. Uh, this is just what I'm going to start touching on in my military career because this is where I've seen pretty, pretty much some of the most crazy things. Um, so if you want Air Force Base, uh, I'm living in a dorm and I have a roommate and he's gone for the weekend. He's gone. He lived, he lived in Colorado. So, uh, he lived about two hours away from base. So he would go home when he, when he had his days off and just so happens that our day offs coincided with each other. So I'm sitting in the dorm room and, you know, it's probably, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. I'm just kind of watching some TV, you know, got, just got off of work from, uh, from a swing shift. And, uh, so I, you know, I've probably been home maybe two or three hours and I'm watching a movie and it was like bang on the door. So I get up and open the door. There's no one there. I'm like, okay, I didn't hear anybody run up or down the hallway. All right. So I close the door and I go sit back down start watching my movie again same thing happens boom 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 so I look out the peephole there's no one there open up the door there's no one there God, what is going on who's messing with me so I shut the door and I took about four steps back from the door and I saw like a shadow of like foot feet standing by my door and I opened up the door real quick and there was no one there I'm like what is going on so I shut the door again and now I'm like just waiting I hear the first like part of the knock on the door and I rip the door open and there's my roommate standing there and he's laughing at me and he takes off running down the hallway and he cuts to the, to the right. Now where he cut to the right, there's a day room there. Okay. And there's just a TV, a couch, a potted plant and a chair. Okay. And then there's a set of double doors. They're heavy doors and you'd hear someone open these doors. Well, I didn't hear any, I didn't hear those doors open up. So I'm like, oh, he's playing, he's playing jokes. He's going to get it now. So I go in the day room and I look behind the TV, the couch, everywhere. He's nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. So I'm like, what? Oh, wait, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. So I go back in my room. I call him. Wait, thinking, you know, he's, he's not going to be dressed. So I call and he answers his mom's phone. He's like, hey, what's going on? He goes, uh, he goes, who's this? I go, this is, this is your roommate. You know, it's Daniel. He's like, what's going on, man? Everything okay? I go, no, what, what are you doing messing around with me? And I'm like, wait, why am I talking to you? And I told him what happened. He's like, dude, that's crazy. He goes, man, you've been drinking? I go, no, I haven't been drinking at all. I just got off of a swing ship. And he's like, all right, man. Well, yeah, yeah. If you see more ghosts, you know, let me know. And he hung up the phone. Here he is two, by, he's two hours away from me. And I just saw him 15, 20 seconds ago. You know, and that that's pretty, that's one of the craziest things.
All right, let's take a second and talk about our sponsor for this week's show, which is Simply Safe. And it's crazy how things kind of line up in the universe, you know? I knew this ad was coming up here for a couple of weeks, and I was planning on talking to you about what some crazy things were happening in my house and how I'm getting these extra cameras in my house and all this crap. And then literally, I'm recording this on a Monday. Last night, crazy stuff happened when my dad was here. I had just told him what was happening. And then I get a text from my wife saying, the doors open again and I know I locked it. And so we go upstairs and we're investigating and I talked about it in the intro. Go ahead, check that out on the YouTube channel. But the thing is, I'm going to be mounting a Simply Safe camera right there on my door. I like it literally only has one purpose in my house. This camera I'm getting, it is going to be mounted nowhere else. It's not going to be added to any other part of the house. It is just for that door. And I'm going to be filming it 24-7. And when that freaking thing opens up again, I'm going to get it on camera on a beautiful video footage for everybody that listens to me to hear and know that I'm not playing games. There's crazy stuff happening here. I have a real security issue in my house. I don't know if there's somebody coming in my house. I live in a not so great neighborhood and maybe there is somebody messing with my house. Maybe the men in black are messing with my house because of the MK Ultra show I just recently did. I don't know. Maybe it is a ghost. Maybe it's a demon. Maybe it's the aliens that my wife's talking about. I don't freaking know. All I know is I'm going to be mounting the Simply Safe camera right at the door so it always films it. And I'm going to catch that freaking thing opening once and for all. So you guys will be able to check that out whenever I get it. But it's so easy to install these things that literally a dummy like me can do it. Simply Safe offers the greatest experience for somebody who's going to be having a home security system because it's affordable, it's quick to install and you can do it yourself and you get all the perks that every other security system gives to their customers you're gonna have dispatch hooked up to it if something happens at your house the police will be notified there's a lot of great features with simply safe you're not falling short with any kind of quality when you're signing up for simply safe and save a lot of money i'm telling you friends when you get your simply safe stuff it's going to be real quick to install 30 to 60 minutes and you're going to be done. Your house is going to be secure and you're going to be sleeping great at night. And right now, friends, we've been doing this deal with Simply Safe. As my listener, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system and get your first month free when you sign up for an interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com/confessionals to customize your system and start protecting your home and family. That's simplysafe.com/confessionals. Get yourself all the things you need to make sure that your family's safe and that you're ghost busting at the same time. Do you think you were targeted of a double doppelganger or do you think they was targeting his doppelganger? His doppelganger was targeting himself and you just kind of caught caught in the crossfire. I mean, what makes you I mean, how do you explain that know, situation? Dude. I don't. I have no clue. But I didn't sleep for the rest of the day. I think I pulled like a 48-hour album wide awake. I did not go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand so, that. So so I'm going to go back to like 91, 92, 93 time frame when I was stationed in Germany. I was stationed in a, on a German Air Force base um, called the Munitions Support Squadron. And we had... Um, I'm just going to put air quotes up. We had American resources in air quotation on this base. And, 
I had to have a top secret clearance uh, to work around these quote unquote resources. And um, so we would work with host nation. They post, they, they provided more, most of the security down. I was in the air force and I was a security police officer. Now they're known as security forces. And um, so what we would do is we'd be like on a two man mobile patrol. You know, we drive around these, these areas and um, our host nations, whatever reason they, they would walk, they would walk certain areas. So it would be nothing to drive around and see, you know, you know, these two man teams just walking around. Right. Well, I'm pulling a mid shift one day and it was me and my, my team leader. And as we're kind of driving, you know, we're normally we just speed through the area, but for some reason this night it was really, really foggy. And so we were driving kind of slow and like, I see it, but I'm not believing what I'm seeing is I see this hand waving to us out of the bushes. And I'm like, well, what is, what is going on? So I slow down or he slows down and I roll my window down. I take my flashlight out. Well, flashlight's not going to do any good because the fog is so thick. And out comes our two host nation counterparts. They come running out and they jump in the, in the back of our, we had a, they call it a German combi, like a van, Volkswagen van or, you know, a little bus. And they jump in and they're freaking out. They are, absolutely they want no they want nothing to do with what's going on right now we don't know what they're talking about well they're speaking in broken english and my my team leader spoke pretty good german and all i could understand was phantom like they like they saw a phantom or they heard a phantom and we're like you know you know what's going on so us being the brave americans you know we we lock and load you know i take my m16 i jack around in it i don't know do we have an unauthorized individual in, in this area. So we get our, our little, little issued flashlights, little lower lights, and, you know, we're kind of flashing, you know, we're looking and looking, and we don't see nothing. And we start walking to where we saw them, and we took about five or ten steps into the wood line, and I just looked at him and go, dude, we need to get out of here, man. This does not feel right. Something does not feel good at all. And he looked at me, he's like, dude, we got to go. So we started backing out and we watched, you know, we, we watched each other's back as we got back into the vehicle. And these two Germans, when they're freaking out, they're locked and loaded. They got the guns pointed out of the back of this combi. Like they're ready to lay down some fire in case something comes out of the fog on us. And we get, we get in the, uh, in the vehicle and we take off and we're going as fast as that vehicle go out of that area. What there was, we don't know. But I'm just telling you, I had this feeling inside, like deep in my body telling me, you need to go. You need to get back in your vehicle and you need to get the hell out of the area because something's about to happen. And to see two other grown men absolutely terrified, what they said is they heard that it was time for someone, it was time for them to be played with or they were going to be played or something that something was going to have fun with them. Like they heard it whispered to them and they're like, you know, it, wow. it just freaked them out. Yeah. So that's why they called it phantom. Yeah. That's what they were saying. The phantom that I, I wish I knew how they would, how they pronounced it. But, um, I would hear, I would hear, um, aircraft fly over prop planes fly over. Um, one, two o'clock in the morning, you look up, there's nothing there. 
now this area was heavily bombed during World War II. Uh, so hearing prop planes fly over, hearing World War II planes fly over, that, that was a norm. That, I'd hear that probably once, maybe twice a month. You just got used to it. You know, you'd still look up to see, you know, you know what's flying overhead, but you'd never see anything. Um, I lived in a dormitory on base that they called the morgue. Um, I guess this is where they stored bodies um, after bombing raids uh, in the basement of this of this dormitory that I stayed in. So the dormitory was uh, was haunted. Um, one of the guys who who lived up on the second floor um, was actually attacked by a phantom. And uh, I wouldn't have believed it unless I didn't see it for myself. And he uh, had marks on his face, marks on his chest. Um, and you had three grown men trying to break in the door, and we couldn't break the door in. And, uh, yeah, we heard him yelling and, you know, get the F off me. We thought he was drunk. He wasn't drunk. He looked like he had his ass handed to him. So, well, you know... What 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 was it? No clue. No clue at all. Um, another another time, the same the same guy. There was they had a uh, four dorm rooms up in this area. We called the the party palace because after work, people go up there and we party, we drink, it's stupid, you know, just talk a lot of trash, let all the testosterone flow freely, you know. And uh, they had this this beer sign on the wall. And it started flickering and flickering off and on. And the guy that got the guy that got attacked, um, he pointed he pointed at the sign. He goes, "Demons, be gone!" And it lit up really super bright, and then it shut off. And we all just looked at each other like, "Okay, party's over. It's time to go." And I went over and I looked at the light. And I'm like, "Man, is it, did you know what's going on? Did something burn out real quick?" So I'm looking at all this. You know, it's like a neon sign. I'm looking, I don't see nothing. And then I look down and the sign was not even plugged in. Well, yeah, that, 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 that would make me be gone. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's just weird stuff. Another one of the guys lived in that area, woke up screaming one night and he come flying out of his dorm room and we're like, wait, what's going on? He goes, there was a head hovering above me. Like he saw a disemboweled head or disembodied head uh, just floating above him. Yeah. Um, there's been a, uh, we called, I, I called it the cloaked figure. Um, I've seen that a couple times coming in and out of people's dorm rooms. Um, one time, uh, a person's bed was tossed, like someone had flipped the bed over and messed up. Uh, after I saw the, the cloaked figure go into his dorm room, I was like, dude, you, you go check your room right now. I just saw this figure go in your room. He's like, yeah, whatever, man, you're full of crap. I'm like, dude, let's go check your room. And sure enough, he opens up, unlocks his door, opens up his dorm room, and his bed's like flipped upside down. Yep, that's that's Germany for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of bad things that happened there, right? So who knows what kind of things are going on in the spiritual realm? The energy there is just insane. It, I mean, he... he you know something's about there. There's on this base that I was on. There's a little part. Um, I worked at one part of the base 
and then we lived on another base. So we worked on one. We had to be bused to where we worked and then bus back to where we lived. And where we lived, there was a, a small patch of woods that they say was haunted. And I've heard things. I've heard whispers, um, um, you know, singing, whistling, coming from these woods. And a lot of people would, and there's a path, a, 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 like a um, cobblestone path that someone put bricks down and made a really nice path through these woods. No one ever used it. I never saw anybody use it the two years I was there. I used it one time. That's when I heard the whispering and, and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I'm not coming back in these woods. Nope, it's not happening. Nope. Yeah, I can understand and that. Then, and then now about, I'll, I left Germany and I went back to, and I went to F1 Air Force Base. That's where I saw a doppelganger. Um, also in the dormitory that I lived in, uh, our, in the basement was our like rec room. We had a pool table and a couple of video games and a big TV and chairs and couches and stuff. And our laundry room was right next to that. So I'm down there doing laundry one day and I hear someone break a rack of balls on the pool table. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go see who's playing and I'll see if they, you know, they, you know, mind if I play with them, you know? So I finished putting all my laundry in the washer and I set it and I walk out and I just walk out like five feet, go into the, the rec room, rec room lights are off and there's no pool balls. There's no nothing on the, on the pool table. Nothing. Pool balls are set where they're where they're always set when people aren't using them. There's no cues. All the cues are up on the wall where they're supposed to be. There's nobody there. Nobody there. And from the time I heard them break that rack of balls to when I stepped in that door, maybe a minute. I'm like, hmm, that's odd. And then another time I was doing laundry down there. Uh, just got done getting my load of laundry out of the, out of the dryer, and I turn around and I see a dog, just like a little Jack Russell, yeah, kind of like that dog. I'm not saying it was a Jack Russell, but a small dog like that. And he's just standing there and he's looking at me. And I go, well, "How did you get in here?" I'm talking to this dog. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Well, so he starts wagging his tail. You know how dogs they they get kind of excited. They kind of like hunch down, you know, like they, they lower the front part of their body and they stick their butt up in the air and they wag yeah. their tail and they're getting ready to play. Well, he did that. I'm like, oh, you want to play? So I put my laundry down and I go to like chase him and he takes off running and he takes off running to the left. So I, I go out the door of the laundry room and I turn to the left and there's stairs. So I figured he went up the stairs. So I ran up the stairs. Now at the first flight of stairs, at the first landing is a doorway to go outside. There's these huge metal doors, you know, like you're going in and out like a, like a store or something like that. Right. And then you go up the second flight of stairs and that's the landing for the second floor, the same kind of stairs or same kind of doors. Dog's not going to open up doors. So I ran up there and I'll see a dog. Okay. Didn't hear any doors open. So I'm like, Oh, he probably went over where the storerooms were. So I go down and I see him peek his head around the corner. I'm like, oh, look at you. I say, come here, come here. So I get down on like my knees. I'm like, come here, buddy. Come on, come on. And he's kind of poking his head out. come walking out and he's wagging his tail. And then one of the doors open up and he takes off running back, back around the corner where he came from. So I get up and I walk over there and there's nothing there. There's a wall and a door to our storm or our storage room. That's always locked. 
he's nowhere to be found. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I go and I grab, I grab my laundry, and I walk upstairs, and I see our our dorm manager, and I go, man, I said, I just, I just saw a dog downstairs. He's like, a what? I go, a dog. He's like, somebody you're gonna have a dog here. I go, I don't know, but yeah. And he's a counselor. Are you messing with me? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, he, I saw a dog. He's like, yeah, whatever, man. He goes, just do what you need to do. So I went up and did my laundry. And about a month later, I go down and I'm, I go down to the, the day room and I'm getting a soda and I come back and I see the dog again. I'm like, oh, look at you. I said, come on now. Where'd you go? And he took off running like he wanted a place. So I chase him again. And I chase him with him here, and he's gone again. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I, I'm not doing this now, man. So I go, go up, go up, go out the doors at, to outside on the first landing, walk across the street. We had a bowling alley over there. So I go to order something food. And a buddy of mine comes in. He's like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, heck no, man. I think I just saw a ghost dog. And he's like, what? And I go, I think I just saw a ghost dog. He goes, what kind of dog was it? I go, no, like a little small dog, like a Benji, like a like a Jack Russell. He's like, no way. I go, uh, yeah, man, I just saw it. I saw, I've seen it twice. So I go, you know what? Cause this, your squadron used to be, you know, like the 89th squadron dormitory. And they used to have a dog as a mascot. And that dog was hit by a car and they buried it out in the, uh, in like the courtyard. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah, so I probably saw the ghost of that dog. Now, let me ask you a question here. You've had a lot of these experiences in your life, and you had time to think. You've had time to think about these things. Uh, do you think that there is something about you that uh, opens a door for you to have these experiences, or do you think you're just that lucky guy that's been in the right place at the wrong, or well, right place at the right time? I, I don't know. I think I'm sensitive, maybe. Yeah. But here's the thing. My my stepdad passed away in 2003. Very, very close. Okay. I've seen my stepdad, physically seen my stepdad twice since he's passed away. Once, I was. it was the night before I was going in for my divorce, my divorce hearing. And I slept down in the basement of my house. And my room was completely dark. I love having a very dark room so I sleep better. And it's like someone turned the light on in my room and I looked up and there's my stepdad standing next to my bed. Now I'm going to do everything I can not to get emotional because he was so real that I felt that I could get up and hug him. And when I did, I said, mm. Man, why are you making me cry? <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, the son, everything's going to be okay. And he goes, I love you. And he was gone. The uh, second time I saw him, whew, the second time I saw him, I smelled him first. He always wore Stetson cologne. And I was driving my car. I had a like a 1990-something Caprice Classic station wagon, right? And uh, 
I remember I was driving home from a union meeting and uh, I smelled him. And I just got this big smile on my face while I looked up real quick and he was sitting in the back seat of my car. I looked, I, I saw him in my rearview mirror. Just as I'm talking to you right now, that's how real it was. And he just smiled. And then I realized I just ran a stop sign. And I got pulled over by the Minneapolis Police Department. <laughs> oh, well, they don't exist anymore. And I, and I, yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's Beirut there all over again. I'm telling you, it's crazy. But I was bawling. And the, the police officer, she, she goes, sir, are you okay? And I just kind of explained the whole situation. She said, okay, well, how about you just kind of sit here and just relax a little bit, catch your breath, and then you'll be safe right home. I'm like, okay. You know? So, you know, that's, I don't know, in my sensitivity, I think I am, you know, um, the one thing I never told anybody, um, on FU one Air Force Base, it used to be a, an army fort, an army base, and they have a graveyard on there. Well, we had had a couple of instances where some people were seen trying to vandalize headstones, so they told us, hey, you know, keep a lookout for it or whatever, and and uh, um, I was pulling a, uh, I was being a law enforcement that night. Uh, normally, I was security, which I would drive around in an armored vehicle, you know, or with another partner. This time, they needed someone to help out while law enforcement duties. So, I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, what do you want me to do? Well, we just be a relief officer, and, uh, you know... Just this is the area you need to patrol, look out for things. If you see anything, you know, go to these buildings, do these checks. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I'm driving and it's November. I want to say it's right after Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. It was a full moon or the moon was bright enough where you could see and it had snowed. And so I, I'm looking and I see, I think I see somebody in, in the, uh, in the graveyard. And this is like, Two o'clock in the morning, one thirty, two o'clock. I'm like, yeah, okay, someone's there. They need to get out. So I pull up and I get out. And as I'm walking, I see this lady standing by this grave. And I'm like, ma'am, you can't, you can't be out here. I said, you know, this is off limits. And you know, the cemetery's closed. You can't, you can't be on here. And she turns and looks at me, and I go, ma'am. And it didn't dawn on me at the time, you know. But I, I I remember vividly what she was wearing. She was wearing like a like a heavy shawl, you know, thing over. She's wearing a dress, you know. So she's wearing I don't know, maybe early nineteen hundreds clothes, you know. And I'm like, man, you can't be out here. And she just looked at me again. And as I was bringing my flashlight up, it's like a big gust of wind came down. You know, like a big gust of wind that like kicked up like soft snow, and like I felt like I had something in my eye. So. The next thing I remember is I'm hearing um, a radio check. You know, police fives, police one, radio check. Police one, police five, radio check. There, I have to give a radio check, like once every once every hour, once every thirty minutes, right? And I was like, I was coming to to the sound of the radio check. I go, uh, police five, secure. And it had been like fifteen minutes since I saw the ghost. So I don't know if she hit me or I, I don't know what happened, 
but all I know is that I'm still standing in the cemetery at, oh my gosh, it's early 30 in the morning, and I'm I'm snapping out of whatever I'm in, the sound of my radio going off in my ear. So that's, I mean, that's interesting. What do you think happened there? I have no idea. But I know 15 minutes of my time, I can't account for it. Huh. I can't account for 15 minutes of my time. Because when you stop, you call in, you let them know where you're at, and then the next thing I know, I'm getting a radio check. Yep. That's probably the scariest thing. Yeah, I can imagine, because, I mean, it, it literally affected you physically, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm not saying that I saw her reach out and touch me or punch me or go through me, but whenever that wind kicked up, that's, what, that's all I can say was was wind, and I felt like something hit me in the face. And we you know I snapped too when I came back to whatever. There were no footprints anywhere except for my footprints leading to where I was at. So, again, I don't know. Every Warren Air Force Base is a haunted, haunted, haunted place. It really is. Uh, there's a ghost of fam camp family camp uh, if you have like an rv or whatever and you don't have any housing yet you can camp down in there with your rv there's a uh, reports of a little girl i guess she was raped and killed by some soldiers that were there and you'll hear her scream now i never heard that you know i mean i've heard that oh we have reports of someone screaming so we respond but i never heard the screams myself um the headquarters building of the security police squadron that I was in used to be the old hospital. Um, and there I've seen a, what looked like to be a cavalry soldier sitting on one of the tables, smoking a cigarette. As I was walking by one of the rooms, I just looked and there he was sitting on a table, smoking a cigarette. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Um, the elevator that's in that building when I was there was completely sealed shut. And the reason for it is, I guess, some major got on the, on the elevator and he hit, I think he was like on the third floor, and he hit one to go down to the main floor. And when the doors are closing, they open back up and something pushed him and pinned him to a wall. And he watched the button for the basement get pushed. And he rode all the way down to the basement. And then when it hit the basement, the doors opened up. He was able to be, you know, come off of the wall because whatever it was was holding him against the wall. And then the elevator went up to one. It didn't even stop on one. It went it went from three, bypassed one, down to the basement, and then up to one. And he got off, and he's like, you need to sell this elevator right now. I've seen canine units bite their handlers, trying to make them go up into the attic of the building. Dogs won't go up there. Dogs will absolutely refuse to go up there. I've heard growling come from upstairs, up, up in the, up in the uh, attic. I, I, I watched one of our military working dogs bite its hand there because he, we were supposed to go up there and check in. He, he went to go up there and try to pull him up there. Dogs like, it ain't happening. Something's up there and I'm not, I'm not going up there. Um, the LE desk was at that building. Um, before I got there, um, a female uh, police officer was working the desk and something kissed her neck. 
something whispered in her ear and then pulled her hair. And from that day on, uh, no more, no less than two people are posted at the LE desk. Yep. I'm telling you, Epi Warner Force Base is a haunted, haunted place. Wow. It sounds like it, man. It definitely sounds like it. Uh, you know, with all these experiences you've had in your life, though, I imagine it's shaped your viewpoints and how you uh, think about these things. Or maybe it hasn't. Has it? No, I mean, I, I, I know here, I, I think when you see something, it may be someone who has unfinished business is asking you for help. Maybe. Um, or they just don't want to pass. They don't want to pass over. Um, the orbs, I can't tell you what they are. I think they're balls of energy. I think they're spirits. Uh, Sasquatch, I think, is one million percent real. One million percent real. UFOs, come on now. They're now openly talking about it. Militaries are showing footage that they have them. You know, Loch Ness Monster, I don't know if I believe about that yet. You know, it's still up in the air about that. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I think it's. I think it existed at one point, but I don't think it does anymore. No. At least in, you know, Ness. It might be somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. But at least in Ness, I, I, I don't think it's there. Um, this whole dog man phenomenon. I don't think it's dog man. I think it's a werewolf. I honestly got to believe my, my dad. My, now, here, here's the weird thing. I have nobody left in my family. My mom's passed. My dad's passed. My stepdad's passed. My little brother's passed away. Okay. I have nobody in my family. But my dad lived in Alaska for the longest time, pretty much grew up there, okay? And I remember him telling me one time about he was out hunting. He was probably 17, 18 years old. He was out hunting right before he shipped off to Vietnam. And uh, he was and he lived in Ketchikan and where exactly where he was hunting, I don't know. But it was he said he wasn't maybe 20 miles away from home or whatever. And he's up on his ridge and he sees these elk. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to follow these elk a little bit. And so he's, he's just kind of scanning the ridge line. He's on an opposite ridge line and he's scanning and scanning. He stops and he sees this huge, huge, like blackish gray wolf. And he's like, okay, yeah, all right, that guy's around. I'm not going to play around. You know, no, that guy wants those elk or, you know, he can have them. I'm not going to play around. And as he's watching this elk, he sees it take off running. It stops by, or he sees this wolf. He sees it running. He it stops. It stands up on two legs and then runs off after, you know, like, you know, like it was tracking the elk. It ran off on two legs. And the only reason I know, you know, I know about that story is because of the, the Bigfoot encounter that I had when I was younger with my dad. My dad also believes in the, the Kushtaka which is like a shapeshifter, half otter, half man. It's a native folklore up in Alaska. Like he wholeheartedly believes in that. And, you know, I always would laugh about it. But my dad, he, he'd be very serious about it. He's like, you don't play with these things. You know, they're real. You know, they, you know about them for a reason. He goes, they're not, they're not something to take lightly. You know? So, you know, it's, it, I think listening to that, my dad telling me things like that as well, you know, and he never dismissed anything I ever told him. He's like, oh, okay. All right. He'd be very, he'd, he'd want to listen. He'd listen very intently. He wouldn't just dismiss it. 
you know, and I think that's why I'm able to deal with it the way that I do, you know, um, my little brother passed away in 2016. Uh, he was 42 years old. And I have seen him in my house, the one I'm sitting in right now, I've seen him in my house three times. And each time it's, I don't know, I just felt so calm when he was there. Um, my stepson, uh, and I know this is not my brother, but my stepson, he has encountered something twice in this house. Um, I came home from work and he's out shooting baskets on a basketball hoop. I'm like, hmm. And I go, are you going to come in? He's like, yeah, I'll be in in a minute. Well, I come in and my daughter, she's in the living room. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, I don't know what's wrong with Joey. He's been out there, you know, I, and he's been out there for like three hours. And I go, really? He's like, what's going on? I said, I don't know. Come to find out, he was sitting in his room playing a video game. And he looks over and he sees an arm reach around the corner and starts moving up and down the wall by his light switch. Now, in order for someone to do that, they'd have to be in our bedroom, my bedroom, mine and my wife's, because our bedroom's like literally right next to Joey's. So, yeah, that's, he saw that. And then another time, this is recently, probably about, a month and a half ago, two months ago, um, he woke up in the middle of the night and turned his lights on because he saw something standing in his doorway. And I go, was it tall? Because I had asked my little brother, I said, listen, man, I trust you even now more than anybody. I need you to protect my family. I need you to be here and make sure everything goes okay. I don't want anything coming here that doesn't need to be here. Protect my kids. And I go, well, what did you see? And I go, was it tall? He's like, no, short. What do you mean, short? I go, shorter than your mom? He's like, yeah. And it was wide. I go, what did you see? He goes, just black. And it's like a black mass just standing in the doorway. It was like two or three in the morning. So, and yeah, I don't know the history of the house. I've only been here for about six years now. My wife's been here eight years. So I don't know if the former owner died in the house. I don't know. She doesn't know. But, yeah. And the experience that the whole family had uh, a couple weeks ago, I'll just put it this way. I had a Samsung 70-inch 4K Ultra, you know, HD TV. I see where this is going. I had one. Now, the stand that we have it on, okay, there's more than enough room for this TV. It's not on the edge of anything. It's not over, you know, it, it, there's plenty of room. We have we have plenty of room to put an Xbox One on there, a PS4 on there, you know, our DirecTV Genie thing to change the channel on there. You know, there's plenty of room. And we're sitting at the dining room table. And we're playing a game. And I'm where I'm sitting, I can see the TV perfect. Now, what I'd done is I had moved out the stand just a little bit, kind of maybe 35 degrees, you know, 45 degree angle. Still plenty of room. It's not unstable. It's completely level. And I'm sitting and watching the, the, watching the hockey games. 
I go and I roll the dice, I move, I look up to see what the score is of the hockey game, and I watch my TV get pushed off of the stand. Like, somebody was behind it and literally pushed it right off the stand. And we were all like, what the bleep, 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 bleep just happened? Yep, that happened a couple weeks ago. Dang, man. And well, if anybody hears this and they want to look on the on the, on the fan page, it, it's on there. Pictures of what, what my TV was is on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you're referencing the fan page for the Facebook group. Um, yep, for your Facebook group, yep. Yeah. So I'll tell you, man, it sounds like you got an entire life of experiences and it looks like you got more to come the way it seems. So I don't know, man, strap up for the ride. Yeah, well, you know what? It's... I, I I won't say that I welcome it, but I'm not surprised by it really. I, I'm I'm really not. Um, I don't know. It's I think, you know, again, like my dad talking with me and listening to me and and how spiritual. Oh, speaking to my little brother real quick. I wanted this is another one of the things I think freaked me out the most. Uh, one of the top things that freaked me out the most. Uh, I was out of the military. Uh, I moved back to uh, Washington State. I lived there for a year, then my stepdad was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So I moved, I quit my job in Seattle and moved back down to Tennessee. And uh, my little brother uh, wanted me to take him over to a friend's house. So I'm like, yeah, sure, not a problem. So we take him over to his friend's house. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, oh, I got to pick up some stuff. I go, why are there a lot of cars here? Oh, he's got some something going on. I go, what do you mean something going on? He's like, I don't know. You know, this guy's into, you know, some stuff. I'm like, well, what do you mean he's into some stuff? I'm like, oh, well, okay. He goes, well, come on in. I'm like, all right, I'll come on in. I said, I don't really know these people, but I'll hang out by the by the door. So my brother goes in, and his friend meets me. He's like, hey, what's going on? You know, you know what's your brother doing here? He's like, oh, he, just, he gave me a ride. He's just hanging out. You know, we're going to leave as soon as we're done here. He's like, okay, cool. So I'm standing, you know, not exactly in the doorway up i'm probably about two steps three steps inside the house right and so you know i hear some people laughing in the back and i hear some some weird music and i'm like you know what's going on and you know curiosity was trying to it was starting to get the better of me and i found myself wanting to walk more into the house but i didn't at that time i started feeling something drop on my head and i'm like what and i you know go like this and i'm looking up and i don't see nothing you know i don't feel nothing. Well, I feel something drop on my head again. You know, a couple more drops, like water's dropping on my head. So I reach up and I feel my head, my head again, and I go down. And I got blood on my hand, and I'm like, "Holy crap, am I bleeding?" And about that time, somebody from the back room comes walking around the corner, and my brother and his friend are right behind this person. And this person goes, "You need to go right now. You're not welcome here." And I go, Bobby, man, I got blood on my head from somewhere. And this person goes, you need to go. We were told you need to leave this house now. And my brother's like, let's get out of here, man. And I'm like, what? What's going on? He goes, man, they were doing some crazy things back there. They had some drawings on the floor. And, you know, they were wearing these cloaks and these hoods. And they, I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, that freaked me out. Oh, so it was probably like a Boy Scout meeting or something like that, right? 
<laughs> Probably a dark boy, a dark, dark boy scout meeting. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah, so. Yeah. See, I, my brother knew what knew what they were into. He just never dabbled in that stuff. My brother was a really, really unique character. You know, he he took theology because you know, he was bored. He took languages because he was bored. He spoke like five or six different languages almost fluently because he was bored. Super high intelligence. Um, just a his philosophy of life was live life to the fullest with the least amount of stuff. You know, he was, he was very simplistic in his living. So, but probably the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Well, man, I'm sorry you had to lose him. It, it hurts every day. Yeah, I can understand that. It hurts every single day, man. Yeah. I can't imagine. But, I can't imagine. You no. Know, I mean, I hear you and your brother, you know, every once in a while. I've, I've listened to a podcast where your brother was on there. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, it, it sounds like you guys got a really good relationship going on. And, you know, it's just, yeah, he's just, a, he's a, he was a great guy, man. He, he just really was. And he's with me still. He's still, you know, they say, you know, when a cardinal shows itself as a family member, you know, that you know that they're near. You know, I see cardinals all the time. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share it if you enjoyed it. That's the best thing you could do to help this show grow is just share it around with your friends and your family, everybody in your phone contacts, literally text everybody. And just a reminder, I'm going to be on Spaced Out Radio tonight. You can check them out on their website, spacedoutradio.com. It's a live show. And you can follow them on YouTube, which I believe I will be live on YouTube with them tonight for two and a half hours, starting at midnight. Eastern time to 2.30 in the morning on Wednesday. So just to kind of give you a time frame here, if you're on the East Coast, it is going live at midnight till 2.30 in the morning Eastern time on Wednesday. And if you're on the West Coast, you're three hours behind me. So it starts at 9 p.m. your time on the West Coast on Tuesday night. Hopefully you guys tune in and check out that conversation. I have no idea where we're going, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Two and a half hours and it's going to fly by, I'm sure. And also, just to let you know, we do have that overtime episode for members only waiting for you right now. So go ahead and check out the whole other half of this conversation with Daniel, where he talks about things that happened to him after this interview that you just heard was recorded. And he shared some other stories from his childhood that he forgot to mention about that rake alien creature that followed them home. He saw it through the window. Crazy, crazy stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. And until next week, stay safe, take care. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Um, I was hanging out at a buddy's house, and he had a huge, huge acreage. He had just tons of land. And on his land, he had um, uh, an old house that was built in the woods. And this was a big house. That, I mean, we used to go in there and hang out and 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 just explore and then one day we were going out and uh we were out riding on uh mini bikes and we started going up to the house out the corner of my eye i see something or someone uh looking out one of the one of the windows windows and I'm like, well, what, what the, you know, what the heck is that? So I zip up to him real quick. I'm like, hey, you got someone in that house. 
And he's like, ah, oh, there's no one in that house. So we started, we started uh, going back there. And we both just got this really weird feeling like, you know, let's, let's just go back to the house. So we go back to the house and his mom and dad were planning on going somewhere for the night. So it was just him and I know we we're both 16, 17 years old. And he goes, Hey, I'm going to go out and get something to eat or drink. Do you want something? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I was like in the family room, uh, we were watching, uh, something on tv and i hear this like scratch or something at the window and i look over and i see like this white face and it wasn't like it was pressed right up into the to the to the uh window it was kind of back a little bit but it was enough for me to see that it was like a white face so there's no doubt in my mind that it followed us 